right, so this E. Jean Carroll case, the verdict came down 100 and, wait, no, $83 million. They say President Trump owes this woman. Um, look, you could, obviously, that's a travesty. It's totally outrageous. And uh, I am somehow optimistic amid all of this. We know that this has been helping Donald Trump because everybody can see the injustice and the absurdity of it all. But if you watch the fake news day in and day out, you will not know the basic elements of this case. They don't really want you to know that. That this woman, E. Jean Carroll, doesn't even know the date of the alleged incident, doesn't know the year it occurred, that there is absolutely no evidence to back it up. No security camera footage, no DNA evidence, no police report. She never went to the cops. To this day, she hasn't gone to the cops. She said she was raped. You go to the cops, right? No, she wrote it in a book, and she showed up on some fake news shows. That's it. And, well, word gets back to Donald Trump that this person's accusing her of something really awful. I thought in America you're allowed to defend yourself. This right here, what he says right here, they allege is defamation. And actually, they, they won so far. This is why, this moment, is why Donald Trump, the court says, owes E. Jean Carroll $83 million. I have no idea who she is. Uh, what she did is it's terrible. What's going on? So it's a total false accusation, and I don't know anything about her. And she's made this charge against others. And you know, people have to be careful because they're playing with very dangerous territory. That's uh, $83 million. He owes her because of that statement, that statement right there, and a written statement put out by, uh, by his organization that same day from the White House. You're allowed in America to defend yourself, especially against false charges. But even somebody who knows in their heart they're guilty, they're allowed to defend themselves. Not anymore. This is insane, folks. It really is. And Elena Haba, she's a hero. The judge was giving her such a hard time. Ultimately, that judge will be judged very, very harshly. Here she is right after the verdict. We will immediately appeal. We will set aside that ridiculous jury. And I just want to remind you all of one thing. I will continue with President Trump to fight for everybody's First Amendment right to speak. Everybody's a right to defend themselves when they are wrongfully accused and to be able to say, I didn't do it. And to double and triple and quadruple down and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. But we are in the state of New York. We are in a New York jury, and that is why we are seeing these witch hunts, these hoaxes, as he calls them. And this is another one of them. Be brought in New York, in states where they know they will get juries like this. It will not deter us. We're fighting. And I assure you, we didn't win today, but we will. The record that was made in there and the behavior I saw in there some of which was reported widely today, gave us the most perfect record on appeal, and even if I needed it, which I don't. We were stripped of every defense, every single defense before we walked in there. And I am proud to stand with President Trump because he showed up, he stood up, he took the stand, and he faced this judge. And you know what? I'll continue to do so with him. Good for her. Absolutely. And uh, all right. So I said, if you watch the fake news, uh, you won't know the elements of this case. But if you were on the jury, you wouldn't know some of the basic elements about E. Jean Carroll. That I'm sorry. 
this woman has serious, serious issues. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. She's having the time of her life. Um, the jury wasn't able to see that. The jury from last summer and the jury that came up with this insane verdict. They were not allowed. President Trump was not allowed to introduce this. Deemed irrelevant? How is that not <laughs> relevant? How about these tweets where she made some horrendously awful, disgusting observations about sex, men, women, herself? They are ugly. They are perverted. They are wrong. Um, and they're relevant. Her views on sex and what is consensual and not consent, that is all perfectly and totally germane. Also the fact that years after the alleged assault, she said she was a fan of The Apprentice. She actually loved watching The Apprentice. I'm a massive Apprentice fan. Jury wasn't allowed to see that. It would undermine her credibility, wouldn't it? At least suggest that there might be, mm, another side to this story, <laughs> but he wasn't able to introduce that. It was just what that person said, E. Jean Carroll, buttressed by her lawyers. You know, does anybody remember Tara Reid? Tara Reid is a woman who alleges that she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden when he was a senator and she worked on his staff. She did. She could place herself on the staff of Joe Biden. There's a record of it. No one's disputing it. It did something here. We did something. We put her very specific uh, allegations and observations against E. Jean Carroll, the weirdo, her hazy, all-over-the-place nonsense. Take a look at how it turned out. You claim sexual harassment began. How so? I would see him in hallways or whatever. He would always just greet me, put his hands on me or put his hands on my shoulder and rub, you know, my neck sometimes. It was just a bit odd. And it was all fairly playful. Um, oh, it was charming. It was yes. exciting. Remember what Donald Trump was like in 95, 96. And she said, you need to button up your blouses, you need to have longer skirts, and you need to not look so sexy and noticeable, and you need to, you know, change how you're dressing. I had the idea that I'm going to make him put it on over his pants. That was my idea. Mm -hmm. I felt scared. I, what I could say is, I don't know if it was trauma, but I felt frightened. Like, and it wasn't just about this, what happened. It was like, it was my job tied up with it. Were you scared? Were you no, angry? I too, were you... I was too panicked to be scared. Too panicked to be scared, okay. I didn't want to talk badly about him, and I wasn't ready to tell my history with Joe Biden at that point at all. I think I got over it quickly. Um, because my whole thing is put it behind you and go enjoy life, right? I think there's, uh, well, one appears very credible. The other one appears a little bit kooky, to say the least. So Donald Trump had to put up with all this stuff. And he did go to the court. He actually went and sat down in the, uh, I guess, the witness, uh, what do they call that, where you testify from. And here's what, here's what he had to say. And look at how the judge treated him. Uh, did you ever intend to hurt Carol? 
Trump. No, I just wanted to defend myself, my family, and frankly, the presidency. The judge says at that point, disregard everything after the word no. Uh, they handcuffed Donald Trump without technically handcuffing him. The judge, I think his name is Kaplan, Lewis Kaplan. Um, this is not a good guy, <laughs> not a good judge at all. And he's going to be embarrassed on appeal big time and maybe worse. You know, I noticed the fake news. They had one observation about him, one that actually, well, take a look. This is a very experienced federal judge, a very tough federal judge, and um, uh, Donald Trump had better not cross those lines. Judge Kaplan has been on the bench for a long time, since 1994. He has good courtroom control, and that means he doesn't tolerate nonsense in his courtroom. This, though, is a judge, Judge Lewis Kaplan. A lot of people say judges are no nonsense. He truly is. He runs a very tight courtroom, uh, and we're, we'll see what more he does about this if Trump does continue to uh, attend the court uh, hearings. Yeah, so he's a tough guy, huh? Nobody mentioned anything about his fairness, his honesty, his judicial temperament, just that he's some sort of weirdo disciplinarian when it comes to the gavel. Um, I noticed that. Maybe you noticed that. Uh, oh, and the defense lawyer, the, pro the plaintiff, I guess, the plaintiff's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, she was with E. Jean Carroll in all of this, and there they are today celebrating. You know, she was paid by Reed Hoffman, the billionaire, got some money, and uh, that person happens to be funding Nikki Haley, or was up until a couple of days ago. This thing is absolutely rigged, and I'm glad that Donald Trump walked out. Did you hear? He walked out in the middle of it all. Here in New York City, Donald Trump walks out of the courtroom during closing arguments in E. Jean Carroll's second defamation case against him. A day of high drama in the courtroom. The former president abruptly walked out just minutes into closing arguments. Donald Trump himself walks out during closing arguments. I love it. I love it. I remember Animal House in, what, 1980 or so? Remember when that nasty Dean was going after Delta House, right? Trying to kick him off campus. And they had that rigged trial where they already came up with the verdict ahead of time. What happened there? I put it to you, Greg. Isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you Bad mouth, the United States of America. Gentlemen. You're not walking out on this one, mister. You're finished. No more Delta. You bought it this time, Buster. I'm calling your national office. I'm going to revoke your charter. Ooh, Dean Wormer losing it. That's like Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, all wrapped up into one, the whole system. That's Dean Wormer. I love that movie. All right, what's next? Humane and just. Did you hear that they used nitrogen to put to death a convicted murderer in Alabama? Nitrogen. It had never been done before in America. Uh, how did they do it? Well, they put a mask on and they pump nitrogen into the guy and it renders the individual dead in about 20 to 25 minutes. First, they lose consciousness. I looked into it. 
sounds humane to me. It sounds a lot better than the electric chair, right? I mean, who would ever want to be strapped to that thing? I'd rather take the gas. Um, how about a firing squad? Gardner was strapped down, hooded, a target pinned to his heart. He faced a white wall 20 feet away. Behind that were five anonymous marksmen. Each took one shot. Four had bullets. And one did not. <laughs> I guess they don't want the guy to know that whatever. Um, nitrogen is definitely preferable to that, don't you think? Yet the fake news and the liberals are convinced that this was the worst kind of torture ever. That was torture. That was absolute torture. And torture is evil. It's a method that the UN has likened to torture. This amounts to torture. It's racist, it's classist, um, it, it really is a poor form of punishment, and arguably it's torture. No, I think what torture is, is having the family of the victim wait 36 years for this to happen. The crime happened in 1988. And nobody talked about the victim here. It was all about the killer. Well, the victim is right there, Mrs. Sennett, S-E-N-N-E-T-T. -T. I love that picture with her, with her little boy. It was amazing to me that every time this thing was discussed, her name, the victim who was brutally murdered, beaten to death, not a peep about her. This morning, an Alabama state prison official said a first-of-its-kind execution there went as expected. Kenneth Smith was killed by nitrogen gas flowing through a face mask for about 15 minutes. A witness said Smith appeared to shake and uh, writhe on the you gurney You see, and it goes on minutes. and on and on like this. Uh, and nothing about the, the victim. Let me tell you a little bit about the victim and what happened to her, okay? I think it's relevant. Uh, according to one of the killers, they reported this, please. John walked up behind Mrs. Sennett and started hitting her. John was hitting her with his fist. I started getting the VCR while John was beating Mrs. Sennett. Next, John hits Mrs. Sennett with a large cane and anything else he could get his hands on. John went into a frenzy. Mrs. Sennett was yelling, just stop. We could have anything we wanted. And one of the things the guy grabbed onto were the, um, the equipment around the fireplace, you know, the little shovel, I think they call it, and irons. Started beating her and killing her with that and stabbed her in the neck. Another part of this story that's really heartbreaking. Um, here is Mrs. Sennett with her husband, who was a pastor. Guess what? The husband hired the guys to kill his wife. Yeah. They started questioning him two days later. He turned beet red and uh, ran out of the station house, runs home and kills himself. But they left behind two children two boys, and those kids are still around. And they finally saw some justice yesterday in Alabama, and here they are, and um, they're okay with the death penalty, and they're okay with the nitrogen. They point out that, you know, nobody asked my mom how she wanted to die. So God bless the Senate family, and nitrogen seems like uh, a humane way to execute people. What's next? Woo! Good old boys. Ain't nothing wrong with being a good old boy. Some people are trying to tell us that there's something wrong with being a good old boy. There's nothing wrong with being a good old boy. Who grew up with the Dukes of Hazard, right? Dukes of Hazard on TV. 
what were the deal with what was the deal with those guys? What was it? Just a good old boys, never meaning no harm. I'm a good old boy. You know my mama loves me. All right, good old. Why do I bring this up? Because Nikki Haley has been on kind of a a war with good old boys. According to her, according to her many books about herself, uh, she's always complaining about good old boys. Good old boys uh, trying to block me. Good old boys trying to steal the credit. Good old boys this. They're bad. Good old boys. You know good old boys. By that, from her, re I, I, I take it to mean older white men. She doesn't like them. And uh, I had to look up the definition of uh, good old boy, right? What does it mean? Let's put it up on the board, please. It means... Uh, a white male southerner with an unpretentious convivial manner and a strong sense of fellowship with and loyalty to other members of his peer group. Now, there are other definitions that omit race, okay? A person who belongs to a network of friends and associates with close ties of loyalty and mutual support. Let me see another definition. A man considered as being trustworthy and dependable because of his ordinary and down-to-earth background and upbringing. I like it. I like it. I don't think you can be you can be any color and be a good old boy, right? Maybe you don't even have to be a boy. Well, you probably have to be a boy. But listen to how she talks about good old boys. Chapter four, the good old boys club. I had unseated the longest serving legislator in South Carolina history, a real good old boy. For generations, a good old boy system had run Columbia. Governor Sanford attacked the good old boy system head on. There was no doubt in my mind that South Carolina was ready for a governor who would take on the good old boy. She talked about how, when she ran for governor, the pundits wrote her off, the establishment ignored her, and the good old boys resisted her. Racial identity politics may have had better intentions behind it than the good old boy system. I don't know. I don't like uh, writing off people. I don't like that kind of prejudice. I don't like those kind of stereotypes. But Nikki Haley does. Good old boys. Yeah, I like it. We'll be right back. The former president of the United States. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. President Trump is right. That's why millions of Americans are tuning into Newsmax for the real news they can trust. So who's the political genius who engineered Haley's, Nikki Haley's uh, terrible loss in New Hampshire? Her buddy, the governor, Chris Sununu, uh, he was running for president himself. He sure wanted to for a bit. Look, I'm not a fan of Sununu for a lot of reasons, including this. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer, right? I, I know I probably, you know, all of us have to make some sort of decision uh, as we hit the summer months. Uh, I, I'd love to be in a debate if, if we actually go down that path. I just think that'd be really fun to kind of get on stage with some of my friends and, and really have it out and talk about real issues, not just headlines and political stunts and all that, and kind of put each other on the line. Really fun to get on stage with my friends and talk about the issues. This is a rich kid. There's something off about uh, Governor Sununu, and he's always, always wrong.
As far as former President Trump, I think he's going to run. Obviously, he's in the race. He's not going to be the nominee. That's just not going to happen. Um, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity to bring forward what the, yeah. the Republican Party, not what we were, not yesterday's leadership or yesterday's story um, or, or crying about what happened in November of 22, but what we're going to bring to the table and get done tomorrow. That's what America is looking for. And so I'm really confident that whoever comes out uh, of the Republican nomination process is, uh, is going to lead this country and, and will be able to deliver a win in 24. And I'll back him. Right now, if the election were today, Ron DeSantis would win in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis would right. win in Florida. So um, he's, I think the former president is trying to find a path to be back that, that leading voice of the party. I think a lot of us are, uh, you know, that, that potentially may get in the race, want to have something to say about the direction of that conversation. But yeah. um, look, I, again, thank you for your service. We're moving on. Uh, I just don't believe the Republican Party is going to say that the best leadership for America tomorrow is yesterday's leadership. That doesn't make any sense. That is not in our DNA as Americans. Yeah. It's kind of the antithesis of the American spirit to settle for yesterday's news. We want the next generation, the next big idea, and that's what we're going to deliver. Yeah, that was supposed to be him. That was the plan, huh? You know what he said? The worst thing there, thank you for your service regarding President Trump. It shows you how insincere guys like uh, this man is when it comes to folks who served in the military. That 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 phrase doesn't really mean what uh, it sounds like in my book. I don't know. Um, and he hasn't gotten any more correct uh, the closer to the election. If everyone that could vote in the primary comes out and votes, not only she's going to win in a landslide, and and that's not an exaggeration. So you're going to see you a record bar for you here. No, it's, it's not an expectation. He knows his state better than I do. It's not an expectation. It's people getting excited. It's exciting. We can feel it on the ground. We're going to do this. I mean, if she doesn't get to 50 percent and win outright, what, what are you Well, no one expects at? her to do that, by the way, and it, but, but she could, which is amazing. Are you resetting expectations? No, nobody, well, nobody expects Nikki. So how does she win if she doesn't? All right, so I had to figure out who is this guy and how did they become governor of New Hampshire because he's clueless. His father was the governor of New Hampshire. <laughs> the guy on the right, John Sununu, he later became George H.W. Bush's uh, chief of staff, but he had to leave that job because he kept on taking Air Force One and helicopters to go to baseball card conventions all over the country. Uh, oh, and his brother is or was a U.S. senator. Uh, that's uh, that's a politically connected elite family, and uh, we're not looking for that anymore, right? I don't think so. All right, better luck next time. Nip, I take that back. Respectfully withdrawn, and I'll be right back. No blind rhetoric. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. All right. Most ethical lawyers would have told this woman to get lost. You're unhinged. You, you're, you need help. Uh, but no, in our society, they embraced her. Oh, you want to say something about President Trump? And, uh, well, you know what ultimately happened. But that clip you just saw, 
the jury was never allowed to see it. The jury in the first trial, the jury in the second one that uh, determined the damages. And this is what Donald Trump is actually in trouble for. What he said right here cost him $83 million. Does this make any sense in the world? Take a look. I have no idea who she is. Uh, what she did is hysterical. What's going on? So it's a total false accusation, and I don't know anything about her. And she's made this charge against others. And you know, people have to be careful because they're playing with very dangerous territory. You are allowed to say things in America, especially if you are accused, especially if you are falsely accused. They could never prove this charge against Trump. That's why we have statute of limitations. It is unprovable. She didn't even know what year it was. All right, you know how I feel. Let's bring in the experts, though. Doug Burns, the legendary former federal prosecutor, and Barack Lurie. He's a great trial attorney and radio host of the Barack Lurie Show. Welcome to you both. Uh, gosh, Doug, uh, <laughs> uh, where do we start here? That is, a lot of people don't understand, that statement right there and, and, and a tweet, that's why he had to pay all that money. Yeah. You always that's have right. to start with the shoe on the other foot test, Greg. So let's assume it was somebody that everybody loved who said that, right? All the ruling class elites, the cognoscenti, loved the person. They'd say, what are you kidding me? He's simply denying um, that he did this which he has every right to do, First Amendment. How could you even call that into question? When it's in reverse and it's Donald Trump, all the rules go out the window. You have an hysterical verdict of $83 million. Um, it's yeah. just very troubling for me as a longtime trialer to see the science fictionalization of our courts weaponizing it for politics. It's really disgusting, honestly. And, you know, these people went to, like, good law schools. They've been around for a long time. And I'm curious, Barack, have they just, do they have so much Trump hatred that they convince themselves that they're, they're, they're correct? Or do they know, are they kind of laughing to themselves that, hey, we're really, we're really pulling one over on, on everybody? What, what, what do you think? And anything else you care to uh, say, Barack? Well, they can't really see beyond five minutes past their nose, as it were. So, they, they have this idea that they are going to get Trump and that they just didn't they never think past that. So the fact that it might apply on the other foot at some point, that's a big mystery to them. They don't seem to understand it. Look, this is about litigation privilege. Everyone who is a defendant in a lawsuit who uh, is found to be guilty or liable, they always say that's not true. I disagree with the verdict. And if you ever say you disagree with the verdict or you disagree with the accusations for that matter, you can be held uh, accountable for defamation. That's that's all that's going on here. So the litigation privilege prevents exactly that issue. People are allowed to comment on ongoing litigation or, for that matter, past litigation. And the reason why it's okay to do that is because there's a sense that everything is being aired out in the court. And that's exactly what happened here. And Trump was allowed to say as a citizen and as a, as, as a former president, look, uh, this just didn't happen. And this lady is on a witch hunt. That's exactly what he said much of which was opinion, by the way, and his ability to say, look, I don't even know this woman. That's the defamation that that somehow hurt her character. It's a little bit odd. <laughs> it's the fact totally is odd. That, yeah, it's odd. And, and look, he, he takes pictures with people all the time. And the fact that that was used as evidence against him. I mean, he's got tens of thousands of people with whom he takes a picture. And, and he, for him to say, I don't recognize that person. I don't remember that person. They pull out that photo. That's absurd. This case will be reversed on appeal. Well, you know, this was the district court. 
I don't know. I don't know what to expect at the appellate court. That's only one level up. I mean, this is a, the system did this. How are we? Are you as confident, Doug, that the appellate court is going to right this wrong? And another thing, what does it say that the entire establishment, the media, the legal establishment, the American Bar Association, the American Civil Liberties Union, they don't see the danger of this case. They don't see the threat that this kind of practice poses to everybody else. Well, there's breathtaking hypocrisy, as you just point out, and you make such a good point, Greg, which is that, you know, they stand for free speech and the ability to defend yourself all day long. The minute it's Donald John Trump, all the rules go out the window. To your question about the appeal, the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit is a prestigious court. Um, I've argued there many, many times, I'm proud to say. Uh, it's a three-judge panel, which is good. Um, they'll hear the appeal. And I agree with Barack. I think that there's a very strong likelihood, first of all, that the punitive damages are going to be cut way, way back, uh, guys. And second of all, you know, all this stuff about, no, 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 you're already liable. No, 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 you can't say anything. You can only talk for three minutes. Your lawyer has to tell me what questions she's going to ask. I don't think the Court of Appeals is going to take a very positive view of any of that. Uh, we only have time to take a look at Alina Haba as she came out of the court earlier in the show. I played a, a dynamite statement. That she, at one point, I kind of sensed that she felt she was being harassed by the judge, and then there might have been a little uh, a little sexism at work. Uh, Barack, did you uh, could that could that go anywhere? Well, it, it, it can go in the sense that, uh, it, to the extent that it prejudiced the jury or prejudiced the judge's findings or that otherwise uh, somehow precluded evidence. But uh, the fact that there may be personality differences, generally speaking, is not going to be cause enough to reverse a decision. There's much more at stake here and much an easier, much more of an easy basis by which to reverse this case. And that's it's just a matter of law. There's, there's no defamation here first on the grounds of litigation privilege, and second on the grounds that it, it just didn't constitute defamation. You know, it feels very good, though, to be on the right side of history right now. Yeah. There aren't many of us, quite frankly, in the public sphere who are willing to say this in public when it's so easy to say the right thing, and uh, it's amazing. And history will judge those on the other side here very, very harshly. And maybe it won't be uh, way off in the future. Who knows? Doug Burns, thank you. Uh, Barack Lurie, how do we get your show, Barack? Uh, just go to the Barack Lurie podcast. That's probably the best way to go to it. And, uh, and, and check us out. Also check out my books at Amazon.com under Barack Lurie. Um, uh, Keeping the Kids All Right is my latest book. Love it. Love it. And uh, L-U-R-I-E. Remember that, folks. We'll be right back. we're going to uh, need to do is sign a bill. It's not going to be easy, uh, but it doesn't need to be hard. Look at that boat down there. Well, look, folks, nobody knows boats. We call them boats, right? Like I know boats. Unbelievable, right? Oh, my God. Listen to that train. We call it running a train. America's a country, and that country is filled with people. People go to the church, now they're in the steeple. <laughs> Evildoers. 
He's brilliant. That's Jason Scoop on under some train trestle doing all those great impressions. Jason Scoop joins us right now, folks. He's got a live comedy event in Dallas, Texas on Tuesday night at the Addison Improv. Jason, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? I am great. It's great to be with you. Yeah, I recorded that video on the Manhattan Bridge next to a train zooming by. I don't know. I was, I was with my crazy camera guy, and he was just like, oh, yeah, we should maybe do something on the bridge. And then, you know, the rest is history. It is amazing. Perhaps, though, <laughs> and it only got a smidge in there, your Trump is the best. And you really... Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. What do you think of this show, uh, Mr. President? Well, look, you look at the ratings, you look at what you're doing, you're a patriot, you love your country, and you're over there in New York City. It used to be so great, it used to be so great. Now it's just run with fentanyl in the Hudson River. It used to be filled with fish. Now it's just fentanyl. You got homeless people pooping in the street. We need to make New York great again, and you're one of the people doing that, that I can tell you. Believe me, Greg, believe me. It is fabulous. It is totally fabulous. Now, listen, you studied this guy. There's the dance, there's the dance. What is the essence, what is the key for your impression when it comes to Donald Trump? Well, we spoke about this last time. You said it was truth and I said it was positivity and I've thought about your answer and I've thought about mine and I think it's a combination of both. It's truth and honesty and just calling out all the uh, you know what that all the other politicians spew, all the scripted, you know, you look at Nikki Haley, Folks, we're gonna come back and overly rehearsed in the robotic movement. And it's Trump, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Grew up in Queens and, uh, and you know what? The country was ready for it and I think we're ready for uh, round two. Yes, totally. Me. Now, by the way, uh, ju speaking of just a guy, uh, you're from Long Island. Yes. You got a Yale sweatshirt on, but uh, <laughs> you're not one of those guys. You're not one of those, uh, you're not one of those Yaleys. I hope not. No, I got this at Kohl's, and uh, you know my backstory. I went to Nassau Community College for two semesters, and then I dropped out when my professor was like, I don't think you decide. It was a psych professor. I don't think you decide where you end up in life. I never thought I'd end up here, but you sort of just go where you end up, and then you die. And I was sitting there with my mouth, like, hanging open. And I rose my hand, I was like, don't you think you could, you know, have dreams and, but you know, shouldn't you be telling these kids that they could do what they want to do and everything? And she was, I guess, like a full-on communist, Marxist, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I marched down to the uh, admissions office and I was said, I'm, I'm out. And, uh, and now I'm here on TV with Greg Kelly. So it all worked out. And she's, <laughs> you know, still teaching psychology somewhere, telling people that they can't have hopes and dreams and they just end up where they end up because, I don't know, maybe her life didn't work out. But uh, I decided to take things into my own hands and things are working out pretty well. Uh, well, they are. You dominate social media, TikTok, Instagram, and everybody should go at Jason Scoop, S-C-O-O-P. Um, this started when you were how old, by the way, with your interest in the comedy and the impressions? Well, Greg, I got to tell you, <laughs> first impression I ever did, third grade, the uh, 2000 election. I was watching uh, Daryl Hammond on Saturday Night Live, and uh, I went to school, third grade, third grade, and I was just, uh, folks, we're going to hunt down the evildoers, <laughs> Al-Qaeda, and it was off to the races from that moment on. Well, that is spectacular, and uh, well, let's see, after George W. Bush came Barack Obama, I guess you probably are in high school or that's finishing right. up high school. Uh, that's right. Uh, it doesn't matter if you go to a red high school, 
or uh, Blue High School. Uh, this is the United High Schools of America. <laughs> so those are the Obama years. And then down the golden escalator came America's favorite president, Donald Trump. And uh, really, the rest is history, right? That's what they say. We call it the rest is history, Greg. Unbelievable. You know, and let's face it, there are guys out there like uh, Alec Baldwin and, and others on SNL. And, and you talked about truth and um, positivity. Those guys play him, I don't know, they play him dumb, and he's a genius. I think that's why you're, you resonate so well. And those guys, they get a laugh, but it leaves you kind of empty, I think. Yeah, well, first off, I think karma is, uh, has caught up with Alec Baldwin. Uh, I believe he was just uh, charged with murder again. Um, you know, I don't wish anybody to end up in prison, but, you know, you, 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 know, you fool around for four years mocking our, our, our America's greatest president of all time next to Lincoln and Washington. But uh, what Alec Baldwin did was a hate-pression. It wasn't an impression. It was a hate-pression. It was like an attack. It was like a drive-by. It was sort of uh, he wanted to make President Trump look as bad as humanly possible. And uh, what I do is I simply just imitate the guy. And you know what? Uh, I've had people come up to me on the street in Times Square, young people, uh, kids in their early 20s, and they say to me, I was a Democrat. I was a liberal. And your Trump impression on TikTok, on Instagram, made me a Trump supporter, and now I'm a Republican, and I just voted yesterday. It, 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 it's crazy, Greg. I, I'm, I'm literally using, imitating the guy um, and it's actually now helping him gain voters. And uh, I, I, I couldn't feel better about that. I, there's, a, it, there's a logic to it that I can't quite define, but it, it, it does work. At like, and that makes total sense to me. Jason Scoop, continued success. Find him on Instagram. Uh, that's my, I don't do TikTok, but I do Instagram, at Jason Scoop. But TikTok is uh, at Jason Scoop Comedy. And, of course, Tuesday night in Dallas, Texas, one night only at the Addison Improv. Good luck, sir, and uh, please keep in touch. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Can I try mine for a moment? Go, go ahead. I'd love to see it. Jason, you are a great guy. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It needs a lot of... We love it. Okay. Thank you. And we'll be right back. So that is the Museum of Natural History. Uh, oh, you see the green sculpture in front? Drop the banner, please. That is Teddy Roosevelt. They took him out a few months ago. No more Teddy Roosevelt because, after all, he's a white man, and you can't have him in front of the American Museum of Natural History anymore. But when you go woke, you go demented. So inside the museum, people of color are being removed from the museum. Look at these exhibits. Uh, they were dedicated to Native Americans, formerly known as Indians, right? Well, they had to take them all out because they have to get permission from the Indian tribe. Yeah, uh, take a look at this. According to the New York Times, they have to ask for permission from uh, these tribes. The museum will close two major halls exhibiting Native American objects in response to new federal regulations that require museums to obtain consent from tribes before displaying or performing research on cultural items. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. This is pretty weird, awfully bad. You know what's gonna happen? Museums or some museums will just 
blow it off. You know, why go through the trouble, right? That could happen. The whole dialogue in this country is pretty crazy. Who likes Microsoft? Not me, I'm actually a Apple guy, just like Rush Limbaugh. He's the one who turned me on to the iPhone. Um, but these people are really strange. When they announce new software, they go through this ritual. And welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. I know a muckleshoot guy, and he says this is totally ridiculous, right? It's offensive. And, uh, oh, there's this great Native American who spoke in favor of Trump at the RNC in 2020. President Trump delivered the largest financial funding package ever to Indian country. The $8 billion in CARES Act funding to Indian country was a great start in alleviating the devastating effects that the COVID-19 pandemic has inflicted on our Indian tribes. I'm excited to endorse President Trump's re-election. And Mr. President, we look forward to hosting you very soon. Come visit our land we call Denetra. Akia, thank you very much. Isn't that awesome? It's so counterintuitive and so annoying to the liberals. Talk is cheap. Uh, taking down exhibits and requiring permission and all that stuff, that makes people feel good. But what this guy's talking about and what Trump did, that's real. That's real. Be right back. It's true. I am an America first, liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo Show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo Show for the news you need to know. So you heard about Newsmax Plus? You got to get on board. It's awesome. Uh, so far, 200,000 people have signed up. 200,000 Americans like you because they're tired of old media and all that bias and all that slant. Uh, if you get Newsmax Plus, you can watch us anywhere, anytime. All the great shows. This show, Rob Schmidt, Higby, Bowling, Greta. Uh, it's all fantastic. And we have great people here, you know, Professor Dershowitz, uh, Dick Morris, and the rest. So you got to check out NewsmaxPlus.com. It is a free trial, no risk involved, okay? And um, I have it. I really do. And it's great. It's a great resource. So thank you for your consideration. And it's time to end the week with two beautiful girls. Frozen movie. The younger one is Madeline. She's two. The older one is Annalise in the dress. She's three. And my wife is taking the video. I'll be home soon.